I'm Kathleen Goldhar, and I'm the host of a new podcast, Crime Story. Every week, we bring you a different crime, told by the storyteller who knows it best. You got one witness who can't be found. You got another witness who's murdered. We couldn't sugarcoat the story. I was getting calls from Cosby's attorney threatening to sue every day. Every crime in one way or another is a reflection of who we are as a people, as a city, as a country. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Damon Fairless. If there was a Mount Rushmore of top-selling video games, tourists would flock there to see four faces. Well, three faces, really, and one shape. Mario. It's me, Mario. Pikachu from Pokemon. Pikachu? Pika, Pika. Tetris, that'd be the shape. And Captain John McTavish, a.k.a. Soap. What the hell kind of name is Soap, eh? How'd a Muppet like you pass selection? Soap is arguably one of the most iconic video game characters of all time. From one of the most iconic video games of all time, Call of Duty, or COD. COD's marking 20 years since its first release. We get dirty. Stays clean. That's the mission. Now, if you don't play Call of Duty, it's a first-person shooter that often mirrors real-world battles, sometimes in places like Syria and Afghanistan. To say the game's big is an understatement. It's sold over 425 million units over the years, bringing in over $31 billion. And the company that makes it, Activision Blizzard, was just sold to Microsoft for $69 billion. And beyond the money... It's had a huge impact on gaming, on culture, politics, and more. So that's what we're going to talk about today with Gene Park. Gene writes about gaming for the Washington Post. Hey, Gene, thanks so much for coming on FrontBurner. No, no problem. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to be on this program. All right, so Gene, tell me about the origins of, of Call of Duty. Where, where did this game come from uh, 20 years ago? Yeah, so Electronic Arts had a series called Medal of Honor, and Medal right. of Honor was started on the PC to kind of really evoke Steven Spielberg, Saving Private Ryan, and Band right. of Brothers, and really turn that experience into a digital experience. France, a travel guide for lovers. Visit the inspiring Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Secret Notre Dame Cathedral. But so many developers really were upset by, uh, you know, the creative control that they had under EA. So they decided to jump ship and they went over to Activision Blizzard to start a new studio called Infinity Ward. And as part of their uh, new jobs, they wanted to make basically a Medal of Honor competitor. Now, right. already by 2003, there were already so many w shooters that were kind of mimicking and trying to evoke the, that World War II feeling. Right. Um, so Call of Duty was already kind of facing an uphill battle, especially given that they were going against their own old IP. Uh, right. So that was kind of where Call of Duty really started. It was really to kind of compete against their own creation, basically. Not a great gamer, I, I hate to admit it, but I do remember playing Medal of Honor, and, and I think it's probably worth pointing out for folks who maybe aren't gamers. 
uh, just that first-person shooter is that idea that you're going through this, you know, really quite complex world. You've got a gun or some sort of weapon in your hand. You're seeing the world through the point of view of the character you're playing, and you're basically, you know, dealing out uh, damage to bad guys, right? Absolutely, yeah. So Medal of Honor uh, had a famous uh, level where you basically recreate the, the invasion of Normandy. Stay with me and we'll get through this. You've got to take that beat. And uh, you would see that experience in first person. You would leave the boats and you would hit the beach and you'd be behind, you know, these little barricades and in the trenches as bullets and explosions are whizzing by you. So it really, really feels very immersive. And I, I remember playing that back in the day and I was like, wow, this is just like yeah. Saving Private Ryan. And so like one of the one of the things, though, as you said, there's kind of this departure point from that era of games. We went from those like Saving Private Private Ryan, World War II, I guess, reenactments or, you know, remountings of, of certain missions in that era to things like with uh, Call of Duty, like conflicts that really parallel modern wars in places like Syria, Afghanistan, uh, even like, you know, sci-fi battles in, in the later editions, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, as I mentioned already, even by 2003, the World War II shooter market was already pretty crowded. So by Call of Duty 3, Call, so there was Call of Duty 1 that took place in World War II, and that would showcase like different uh, perspectives. You'd be a U.S. ally uh, forces uh, uh, soldier, and then you'd be a British ally soldier. And then that kind of went on through Call of Duty 3, and that was already getting kind of old. So Infinity War knew that they had to pivot and really, really make a splash. And that's when Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare came, came along. And from then on, the game industry just changed forever. And, and, and how, like, how big are the crews working on these, these games? Massive. Uh, Call of Duty 1 started with a 27-person team. Yeah. Uh, as of 2022, Call of Duty is now being worked on by several studios in Activision Blizzard uh, and with at least 3,000 people working on the game. Wow. And do you, do you have a sense of like just a, even a rough figure? What, what are we talking in terms of sales or, or you know, copies sold? Uh, they would sell about maybe 20, 30 million uh, a year. And that usually would mean that that would be, uh, that would be the best selling game of the year. In fact, Call of wow. Duty is a Call of Duty game has been the best selling game of every year, except for maybe two or three years since uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, actually, in 2009. The highly anticipated Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 video game hit stores at midnight. Activision Blizzard CEO says sales of the company's game could surpass the top Hollywood films of 2009. This is a big industry. There's a lot of games. There's a, there's a lot of competitors for this. What what made this game stand out? Yeah, it really Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare really really stood out in terms of how tightly controlled it controlled. There was really no game, even Halo, which was such a blockbuster franchise back in the day, mm -hmm. uh, that really didn't control and feel quite as good as Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, no, I, even when I played it, I was like, I've never played a game that, this smooth, this tight before. It just felt good to play. It just felt good to run around. It felt great to shoot. Um, and then they they revolutionized how multiplayer games are created, uh, where they would add like little prestige marks uh, okay. that would really uh, uh, inspire re repetitive play. So you just want to keep playing over and over again to get bragging rights and get more equipment and get more uh, you know aesthetics and everything. And that was really became that became like the business model for online games uh, moving forward, even to today. The influences continue to felt today. It's just a very, very addictive formula that they really landed on and really came out perfect. 
So, like, there, there's a few things that you said. So, there, there's the game control. So, like, it feels like you're immersed in the world, just the, the mechanics or the physics or whatever of the Absolutely. how you operate in the world. And then there's, what what would you call it? Prestige? What do you call it? Oh, pre- prestiging. So, if you, if you, like, level up in the game and you hit the max level, you can prestige and you get, like, a little a medal, I guess, a medal of honor, haha. And <laughs> okay. uh, it would showcase on your name and it, you, it would show to other players, look, look at how much I played the game and look at how good I am oh, at, at I the see. game, okay. you know? Oh, okay. So, there's, like, a, a, a social... Yeah, there's a social aspect okay. to it. And that that was really the key. And, you know, that's how games like Fortnite were able to kind of right. continue that and, and really, really enhance, like build upon that social aspect of it, which is why which is why multiplayer is so important because, you know, multiplayer video games now are considered, you know, the poker nights or the, or the bowling nights uh, of the modern day where you just get together and just hang out with friends. But then also there might be a social aspect where you want to go online and you be, you're able to have bragging rights to your own experience. I was wondering about maybe getting into some of the details of gameplay a bit and some of the missions because, you know, they really are a standout and, and they've had a big social impact sometimes. So maybe before we go into some of the specifics of the of the missions, I think we've laid out pretty well what a, what a first-person shooter looks like. But could you just kind of broadly speaking kind of give me a sense of the way Call of Duty presents battles? Like... You know, when you shoot someone, do people appear to suffer as they die? Are there civilian casualties? What Just kind of generally, what's the gameplay like in that respect? Sure thing. Uh, th- these are usually very large pitched battles. Um, the soldiers just kind of go down dying. There's no really extended, like, death animation. They just kind of like, oof, and then they fall back and die. Um, there are absolutely civilian, civilian casualties as well, and we can talk more about specifics, uh, specific scenarios. But uh, in that case, you know, uh, they kind of go down as well. Um, mm. But it's really, really large pitch battles, and you're not you're not really focused on one thing or another. If there's if there is a significant death, for example, in Call of Duty Black Ops, there's uh, there, there's a character that looks like Fidel Castro, and Fidel Castro would kind of die closer to the camera. Um, but that's because it's a it's an important story event uh, that's happening. Right. So I want to talk about uh, the civilian casualties a little bit. So in the in the 2009 release, there's this one controversial mission called uh, "quote unquote" no Russian, mm-hmm. right? So in in that um, in that mission, you are an undercover CIA asset uh, working along or purported to be working along with Russian terrorists. You're in an airport, and maybe you can take it through. Tell me about it. So it's 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 a it's a Moscow airport, um, mm-hmm. and you yeah you're basically an undercover undercover CIA agent, and then no Russian comes from the terrorist leader telling the group. Remember, no Russian. Because no one is supposed to know that they're they're actually kind of baiting an attack, right? They're pretending to be not Russians, uh, and right. they enter through uh, the security gate, which you you might call it consider TSA, and they are he- uh, heavily armed in body armor and have heavy machine guns. And as a player, you are told to basically spray your bullets into a crowd of innocent people in an airport. And at that moment, it was very, very shocking in 2009. Um, you know, this is just 10 years after Columbine. Um, and as I understand it, the developers really wanted to kind of showcase, uh, you know, the, the, the humanity behind this evil. Um, it's 
actually a little bit journalistic <laughs> where mm, it's like me. they're trying to showcase you know the levels of depravity to it and they don't want people to like kind of turn a, a blind eye to kind of the evils of humanity and what better <laughs> way to sh showcase that by forcing you to to be in that seat and you know again play act that play act as a terrorist you know so, so just to clarify is that is that how the developers were kind of justifying that mission within that that release yes absolutely that that was that was absolutely how they justified it because they just really wanted to showcase and put the player in to understand the evil you know did did that go over well uh it, obviously there, there was a lot of mainstream controversy uh about the shooting but i think a lot of games journalists really admired the, the courage i guess or bravery it, it would take to to kind of do that um, it really pushed the boundaries of uh, video games as an art form to kind of showcase uh, the, you know, what levels of human suffering can we actually show uh, in a video game that, that that is acceptable and can have impact. You, you spend a lot of time thinking about video games in, in you know, quite a nuanced way. Do, do you think the average player got that out of it? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tricky thing, right? Uh, media literacy is is a huge topic of today. And I think uh, I think that, that message might have gone over a lot of people's heads, you know. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of misunderstood Call of Duty Modern Warfare as a pro-war game. Mm. As but, but when you really look into the text, it's actually quite anti-war. But it's mm. pretty tough to see when, you, when there's so many explosions and dead bodies flying everywhere, right? Right. The, the fog of digital war. So yes, exactly. Um, okay. So I, I want to talk about an, another mission. There was the release last year and there's a, a, a part in it where you're in a Texas trailer park, residents pop out of the trailers and you're, you're supposed to quote unquote deescalate. But mm -hmm. the way that your character does that is by pointing a gun at these civilians. Mm -hmm. So I, I know you played that. W what went through your mind when you're when you're de-escalating, so to speak, that way. It's that, terrifying. Uh, they did. They, I did play that mission, and they, there was also another similar mission in a Syria-like uh, uh, environment in the, mm. the, the prequel to that game. Again, Modern Warfare. They they rebooted Modern Warfare uh, once in 2019. Um, again, you're meant to de-escalate by pointing a gun at the civilian and at the at the uh, so-called terrorists. And mm. it's terrifying to see, like you know, like a woman pleading for for their lives, and it's it's very upfront. And so to <laughs> The game series has gotten a lot of criticisms for depicting depicting these, especially brown people in other countries. Um, and so, so I think Call of Duty has really tried to kind of balance that by adding a lot of characters uh, from from those cultures uh, also in acting these. So you, you, if, if you know, you're also a police officer who's a border patrol uh, a Mex uh, the, uh, a soldier who's also Mexican, who's also doing these things. So they, again, they kind of try to both sides it by trying to make sure that at least there's some representation on the quote unquote good side of things, right? One of the things that has been done over the development of this this series is um, incorporating fictionalized versions of real world conflicts. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking in uh, a recent version, there was this mission where you're supposed to guide a missile to assassinate an Iranian general in a fictitious country. He's named in this uh, mission General Gorbrani in the game. It's a pretty obvious version of the extrajudicial drone strike of uh, Qasim Soleimani, who was ordered killed mm -hmm. by Donald Trump in 2020. The character looks a lot like him. <laughs> He's got a white beard. So I guess I'm, I'm curious, tell me more about how Call of Duty uses real conflicts in its storylines. Yeah, I, I it feels like uh, they try to use these conflicts to kind of, again, showcase, uh, really put, put yourself in the shoes of, of 
of showing the horrors of war. Um, but again, it can very be misinterpreted as being pro-war. You know, uh, there was a there was a sequence in the original Modern Warfare again uh, in two thousand seven that was very striking, in which you are in this this big bomber plane, and you're just dropping bombs on a town full of terrorists. But uh, the way these pilots speak to each other, it's like okay, target acquired, target killed. You know, it's very cold and distant, and it's kind of meant to kind. Of, it, it, that was really kind of the first mainstream depiction of that kind of uh, warfare in in a popular culture, and it really helped un- people's understanding of of what that is. Um, so I think they're really trying to continue that. That's why the recent modern warfare games take place in an area that's really, really pretty much like Syria. So what kind of worldview do you think missions like that General Gorbani assassination one or some of the other ones that mimic uh, real world uh, conflict encourage? I I feel like the perspective is this is the world that we live in now. You know, uh, Call of Duty developers have been very, very careful about not being too political. Um, I remember I asked a question uh, for another recent Call of Duty that depicted uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, very, very, very accurately, vividly in the game, and Ronald Reagan was the one kind of calling the shots in in these missions. And so I asked Activision Blizzard, you know, like there's been a lot of uh, relitigating the legacy of Ronald Reagan, right, and kind of looking mm-hmm. at Ronald Reagan and his impact on on conservative culture uh, throughout the decades. So I w- I wanted to ask them, you know, that, that, what kind of considerations did you make in terms of depicting Ronald Reagan? And that question was simply not answered. It really, really feels like that they're kind of trying to kind of avoid uh, taking a stance on things. I'm sure what they will say is we're trying to showcase the horrors of war, you know. In the in the more, you know, in, the, in most iterations of this game, like people are playing uh, kind of a Navy SEAL type special ops tactical operative. Absolutely. The the Modern Warfare 2019 had, had a sequence that was just like, you know, meant to make you feel like SEAL Team 6 uh, assassinating right. Osama bin Laden, right? And th- that those kind of soldiers have a particular place in the American psyche. Do you, do you see these characters as influencing the way people who play these games see themselves? Is, is, there, is there any influence there? Absolutely. I have no doubt. You know, the military, the U.S. military uses Call of Duty as a, as a recruitment tool. You know, Call of Duty is made under the advisement of the U.S. military. So obviously, uh, it has that, that that very, very strong perspective, at least in terms of, you know, fetishizing military might and technology. Um, so I have no doubt that it's sort of numbed the, the, the public perception of military and warfare, which is interesting because, again, going back to 2007 and modern warfare, that game came out when the public was already kind of numb to the, to the effects of war in the Iraq war. And they've, they've already been pretty skeptical of the war. So Modern Warfare came out. And that's why, again, that message was so strong. I just want to go back to that point about the U.S. military using Call of Duty as a recruiting tool. That, that's nothing new, right? No, like, nothing the, new the, at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what can you tell me about that? Uh, they offer training and they offer a lot of insight and they offer, you know, peeks into, into the kind of technology they're using. Do you have a sense of whether this is effective or not, this kind of recruiting strategy within games? Uh, I believe it's fairly effective, uh, which is why they keep doing it, right? Um, You know, the Wall Street Journal recently also uh, had a story about um, kind of a, the headline was the secret deal that put a real rifle in the Call of Duty about how Remington signed product placement right. deal. 
uh, with Call of Duty. And it's obviously very, very effective. You know, uh, you, you ask any kid these days and they can rattle off a, a number of, of gun models. Uh, same as me. Uh, so much of my knowledge about guns comes from Call of Duty and Medal of Honor and these games and, and my ability to recognize uh, different, different ways they fire. And so the military has always used these types of games to train their recruits in terms of situational awareness and, and responsiveness. And also, again, to kind of like saturate them in this this fog of war so they understand it and you also see that the military uses uh video game controllers in many of their equipments especially with drones and its submarines obviously we know that the ocean gate submarine uh had a video game controller but i also wrote an article about how that is very commonplace within you know uh, high technology equipment such as u.s navy submarines and the reason why they use those controllers is because so many of the recruits and the troops are familiar with that user interface. It's very natural oh, for really them because, because they grew up with video games. So it's not even just that you know they're using video games to, to help that, but they know that video games have already trained them uh, in other ways too. So they're adapting to they're adapting to the needs of gamers basically. My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. So, so there was that kind of, and I think it's a pretty antiquated argument now, the concern that like video game violence has a, a real world correlate of violence that like, you know, doing mass shootings in an airport in Moscow is going to lead someone to do mass shooting. I think that it's, it's definitely inconclusive, if not clear that there's not a uh, correlation there. But I guess what I'm curious about in terms of the impact of games on people is like, is there, is there, if not you know, causing people to go do these things. But is there an effect? Is there an emotional effect? Is there a, a mental effect of, of this playing these kind of games? Yeah, uh, there have been studies about how uh, it does kind of raise some, some aggression uh, uh, mm. within players, but never to the effect where it might actually, you know, lead to action or anything like that, right? Right. Um, but, you know, probably the the, the, the the more concerning effect is that the fact that these games are very, very habit-forming. Um you know, PlayStation recently said in their court filings uh, during the Microsoft Activision Blizzard uh, uh, hearings here in the U.S. Uh, that there's about a million players of PlayStation on PlayStation who only play Call of Duty. Um, I have so many friends. I, I actually have so many girlfriends who complain that their boyfriends are doing nothing but playing Call of Duty. You know, um, so th- th- there's probably more something to that to, to more to that impact in terms of just just how much engrossing it is, you know. So maybe not uh, mass shootings, but like mass discontent in people's romantic lives. <laughs> yeah, mass discontent and, and you know, uh, isolation maybe. So. so, Gene, what's going on with the franchise now? I know there's a new release coming out uh, next week, but w- where do you see Call of Duty going in the future? 
Yeah, so Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is releasing uh, November 8th, and it'll be the first game under the Microsoft Xbox banner. Um, and this game actually, well, uh, we, we talk about No Russian and the mass shooting. This game appears to be depicting a plane hijacking. Um, oh. and, and that is going to be the quote-unquote No Russian uh, 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 version of, of, of this year, basically. So again, Call of Duty is kind of taking something that really happened in the past that's really kind of cultural been saturated they're, they're going to throw it out front in this, this high fidelity uh, depiction of, of a horrific event uh, we have no idea how it's going to play out maybe it won't even play out but the the call of duty modern warfare 2 definitely tease that that's going to happen so we'll have to see how that goes and also you see how call, uh, in the multiplayer aspect which is the most popular aspect of call of duty most people <clears throat> don't even play the stories you know the, the no russian parts that we just talked about uh, are often ignored because the really really uh, habit forming part of call of duty is playing online with your friends and uh, that part they've really kind of trying to blunt the impact of the realistic war depictions by adding characters and events that uh, are seeping in through other parts of pop culture. So most famously recently, you can play as rapper Nicki Minaj and right, Nicki right. Minaj lent her own voices and her own like uh, idioms into the game. Pull up in a monster, automobile gangster. And it makes it very fun and, and carnival-like. And so uh, Activision Blizzard has said that this is kind of an intention to make Call of Duty more fun and more entertainment to kind of soften the the, uh, the, the image that they've had over the years of being this very self-serious military simula simulator. And that it really is kind of forming into a form of digital laser tag. So they're, they're really, really trying to soften the image and make it just more fun and more sci-fi again, or just more zany and more abstract and kind of remove again that fog of war and just see how silly video games can be. Right. <laughs> okay, Gene, thanks so much. Really appreciate talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. That's all for today. This week, Front Burner was produced by Rafferty Baker, Shannon Higgins, Joyta Shingupta, Lauren Donnelly, and Derek Vanderwijk. Sound design was by Mackenzie Cameron, Will Yar, and Sam McNulty. Music is by Joseph Shabison. The senior producer is Elaine Chow. Our executive producer is Nick McCabe-Locos. And I'm Damon Fairless. Thanks for listening. Front Burner will be back on Monday. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.